Welcome to the Beyond Barriers podcast. When women lead, share performance and profits go up 50%. Results are more powerful when everyone is empowered. This is the insight that brought the four founders of Beyond Barriers together. We came from a diverse set of leadership backgrounds with a common goal to close the gender gap at work and expand economic opportunities for everyone. Tune in each week as one of us interviews inspiring guests who share stories and cutting edge strategies that will help you learn what helped them go further faster. To get ahead and make an impact, you must know your value and have clarity on your why. Esther Ayurinde Iyamu, founder of talent matching platform GrowthQ, shares the key factors that have driven her entrepreneurial success, including her experience as a dancer for the LA Clippers, San Francisco 49ers, and the New York Jets. She attributes her success to concentrating on good things coming to her and a focus on people, innovation, and creativity. Esther formed her first startup at age 19 from her college dorm. Her network was key to her success, and she describes the importance of depositing more into relationships than you withdraw. Esther has a clear definition of the differences between coaches, sponsors, and mentors that you will find helpful as you search for each one to help you succeed. Visit GoBeyondBarriers.com where you'll find show notes and links to all the resources in this episode, including the best way to get in touch with Esther. Welcome, Esther. Thank you so much for joining us on the Beyond Barriers podcast. We are thrilled to have you here. So let's dive in and talk a little bit about, you know, your story. Who's Esther? Thank you so much for having me be part of this. Uh, Really excited to have this conversation. Gosh, who is Esther? I still feel like Esther is that shy, um, you know, Nigerian Brit uh-huh. <laughs> uh, that is, you know, you know, the creator, the creative, um, the, you know, leads l- playing school uh, with her <laughs> sisters and her dolls um, uh-huh. in that room and dreams of, you know, that little room of dolls and my poor sisters who are <laughs> sitting in the room trying to figure out what the heck we're doing. Right. Um, you know, um, I still feel like I'm that little girl that's just excited about life and wanting to share and things that I've learned that day or things that I've heard the parents talk about that I want to share yeah. back with my sisters <laughs> and my adult. Um, I still think I'm that girl. Um, and uh, just in different ways now. Um, mm-hmm. But overarchingly, um, I have a strong passion for people. I see people. Um I have a strong passion for innovation and creating. And I feel like technology is part of that. We're in a huge creator economy. And I don't yes. mean creator economy like social and, and what's being put on the internet. I really do mean um, the economy's flipping to uh, technology and innovation creators. Yes. yes. Um, I'm really passionate about that. And I'm, a pa- I'm passionate about equity. And notice I didn't mention the equality. Yes. Uh, because everybody is different and everyone needs different things to really showcase their unique skills um, mm-hmm. and their unique light that they bring to the world. So that's essentially Esther um, mm-hmm. in, in a nutshell. Fantastic. That's such an amazing story. And I think, you know, what I heard you describing of, you know, playing school and wanting to, to, you know, you hear something and you're wanting to share it with, with your sisters and others is that natural intrinsic 
teacher or transfer of knowledge that you kind of naturally yearn to do, which I think is very much um, similar to, to, to me and to both of us following our passions and really transferring that knowledge and helping others um, do it. And totally agree with you in terms of this digital age that, you know, just everything is evolving and innovating so fast that there's no time for you to wait or you're going to get left behind. So you've really got to learn to innovate in that same way. When you began your career, did you ever imagine that you would, you know, be a leader in the way that you are professionally in, you know, the organization that you've built? Talk talk a little bit about that because you have a phenomenal organization and I want you to share, you know, what it is and, and how it kind of came to fruition. But did you ever see yourself building something like that, you know, 20 years ago to now? It's funny, when I saw this question on the prep, I was like, you know, the question was kind of formed in, did you ever see yourself being a leader in your industry? Uh-huh. And I think to myself, I'm like, holy crap, there's a lot of industries, if I'm yeah. thinking about it here, from... <laughs> Yes. You know, seven years dancing in the NFL and NBA and making it to being the first black captain of the New York Jets. Yes. Um, never yes. thought I would be doing that. Um, you, you know, you might mention uh, sales um, yes. and being in the top 1% of sellers in a Fortune 64 company would not have imagined doing that. Um, and maybe it's tech. And now today being a founder of a um, tech company, uh, no, no, would never have imagined doing that. Um, the, the, I mean, God bless my incredibly um, courageous immigrant parents who migrated to London from Nigeria mm-hmm. in their teens to go to school and then met there and had my sisters and I, you know, their biggest thing for us is let's get them to a different environment. Let's get our kids to a different environment than we saw growing up in Nigeria. Um, during the 60s and 70s um, and they got us to the United States and got us to college and yes. you know I, I, I being the oldest went into that corporate stable job that everyone talks about <laughs> mm-hmm. and then it stopped like that was the height of the expectation mm-hmm. um, and so there was not necessarily a oh yes you've got to go and do x y and z um, while my parents were really um, great at making sure we were clear about being the best at whatever we were going to go do. Mm-hmm. Um, there was never a clear, this is the path. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents are both entrepreneurs because, you know, that's what you do. You migrate. And if you can't break through in an industry as immigrants, typically you'll, you'll see, hey, we'll make it on our own. Right. Um, at least that's what my parents showed us they did. Um, and so they left, they led entrepreneur lives. They didn't really know how to guide me mm-hmm. in going, growing in the corporate ladder. So I'd never thought I would, um, you know, grow into the ranks that I have mm-hmm. um, uh, in big tech. But I did always know that um, I wanted to advocate for the underdog. I yes. did always yes. know, and it's always been innate to me to be the translator and be the voice from having to translate Yoruba, our native tongue, to my sisters to (laughs) figure out what the heck the parents are talking about so we knew what was going on, Mm -hmm. Um, to, you know, now trying to um, close the wage and wellness gap for an entire industry of 15 million selling professionals around the world, right? So Mm -hmm. um, 
I don't know if I always knew that, yes, I'd be a leader in all these ways, but I definitely knew, um, you know, A, mom said to be the best at what you're going to do. So if you're going to yeah. do it, be the best at it. <laughs> uh, second, um, I, I always wanted to advocate for the underdog. Just mm-hmm. It's just innately um, something I'm in- extremely passionate about. Um, and then third, like, you know, there are, there are great opportunities to be a translator. And so mm-hmm. if there are cross, if you are, you know, multi-passionate or you, you're involved in multiple industries or you come from very different demographics, you have such an opportunity to be a translator. And that piece is really important to me. Mm, that's phenomenal. Can you talk a little bit about some of the pivots and really some of the transferable skills that people don't realize do transfer like some people may not be able to connect the dots from your creative yeah. you know dancing to you know being a salesperson to you know the the leader that you are in at yeah. Roku, your your tech company but you know there are some things there that are like soft skills in terms of your creative performer i feel like when we're coaching a lot of women in our programs they can't connect the dots from some of the things that they're passionate about that they do really well yeah. to the day job. Can you talk yeah. a little bit about that? I get this question a lot when they're like, wait a minute, I'm sorry, <laughs> you're an exec in tech and you danced seven years in the NFL and NBA, five of which while you were working in tech, help me understand yes. um, the two. I, you know, the biggest misconception that most people um, don't really see um, when it relates to being a professional or dancing professionally in the NFL and NBA is that you are an ambassador of a brand, mm. right? And the three teams I performed with were the LA Clippers, the San Francisco 49ers, and the New York Jets. You are an ambassador of their organization. When you walk out the door, somebody runs into you at the grocery store mm-hmm. or at the coffee shop and they recognize your face, you're an ambassador of that brand, of that organization, every player, every, you know, um, janitor, every um, person in the back office, every salesperson that picks up the phone and calls someone to buy a box. um, You are an ambassador of that brand. And that translated really well for me, at least Mm -hmm. um, in sales, because you're an ambassador of the brand um, of whatever company you're selling Mm -hmm. for. Um, and so for me, I would say that was one of the bigger ones that, that translated. Yes. Mm-hmm. The, the second piece that was a big translator was, and, and I found that um, not everybody was really great at this, um, but I, I, I happened to excel. And I don't know if that's just being a translator most of my life, mm-hmm. but um, being a really strong communicator in translating values and translating um, what values and whatever components they are here to mm-hmm. the to the the person in the audience. So whoever's right. sitting on the other end um, is such a unique skill. Is such a unique skill. You need it at all levels of your career. Whether mm-hmm. you're going into your job and you're having to to communicate your value and then mm-hmm. negotiate what you're worth. Yes. Um, whether you're an executive now and you're having to communicate to 20,000 sellers around the world, the mm-hmm. value of this particular change that's coming to the sales organization, um, or having to communicate to, um, you know, senior executives about an emerging market and translating the uniqueness about that emerging market and why it's really important for their investment 
to or to not go in a certain area. Mm-hmm. Being able to clearly communicate and translate um, is a unique skill I learned from from dancing in the NFL and NBA that, mm-hmm. quite frankly, um, translated really well to, mm-hmm. to um, my corporate career. I would say the last piece um, that I really enjoyed from that experience and that translated is each of my coaches really focused on helping us have a deep value for us as individuals. Mm. We were constantly told, you walk into this room, forget your life before, you're no longer the most beautiful girl in the room. You're no longer the thinnest girl in the room. You're no, you come into this room. Now you're all equal. You are all in the top 1%. Mm-hmm. And by the time you hit the court, you're going to be in the top 0.1%. And that was always drilled into our heads. We are mm-hmm. high performers. We are the best of the best of the best. Right. We are um, better than the exter- external or physical mm-hmm. um, exterior. We've got all the skills to go into any room and completely um, you know, yes. demolish whatever we need to. And we are stereotype breakers. Mm-hmm. So while somebody might walk up to you and think, oh, this is just a pretty face, then you open your mouth and you talk about the statistics of the game that are, you do much better than some of the <laughs> announcers, right? Yes. Uh-huh. I mean, it, you, you just learn that after seven years of that, you learn how to be deeply statistically focused. You learn how to be... Um, how to truly communicate not just your value, Mm -hmm. but the value of the brand. Um, You learn how to play up um, your charisma, but at the same time, make it very well known that you mean no nonsense, Yeah, right? Um, And we were constantly drilled with that all the time. So it helps build a certain level of confidence that, quite frankly, you can be unstoppable, unstoppable with. Yeah, that's phenomenal. You had your first startup at 19. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, very different, uh, you know, from my first company, um, God, 20 years ago um, to now. But, you know, I think with any entrepreneur, um, you are a creator. You are a problem solver. And um, back then when I was 19 and you know, in college, working three jobs, just started with my first pro team. Um, you know, I, I saw a problem that needed to be solved. Mm-hmm. And that unique problem was, you know, as a dance teacher at the time, I would, you know, take all my competition kids to these huge dance conventions. They'd pay tons of money. They'd um, think of them as huge conferences. hmm but for dance and you're in multiple rooms and there's hundreds of thousands of dancers all learning from this one teacher on a stage and everybody's fighting to get into the front. (laughs) And there's there's all this um, focus on the physical exterior of who maybe looked the best to the teacher for Mm -hmm. them to say, you know what, I'd love for this person to be in front. I'll ask them to go on stage with me. Whoever, you know, performs their heart out and feels, looks the most confident of thousands of kids. um, That's who I'll highlight. And that's what's celebrated. Mm -hmm. Um, And I found you'd have these incredibly talented young boys and girls who, you know, may not have been the thinnest, may not have had all the money to have their parents dump a ton of makeup and the best clothes on them, but they had incredible talent. And second, um, 
there was a huge focus on the exterior as opposed to the interior, which is really where confidence truly comes from. Right. And so um, back then started a company focused on self-esteem. Mm. So we ran dance and self-esteem camps for young girls um, across the United States. So think the same dance convention type style, mm-hmm. smaller um, uh, venues for more intimate engagement, but we taught dance as well as self-esteem and affirmation creation mm. and really understanding your values to these young girls as early as five, all the way up to 16 um, to really get them seeing their worlds differently. Um, and, you know, that that's one experience, but across my career, whether it's an entrepreneur, like I'm doing now and building a company called GrowthQ, even as an entrepreneur at a company, which I describe an entrepreneur as Mm -hmm. somebody that is an entrepreneur, but you're within an organization. So you're finding problems, taking them and going and trying to solve them. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, those either, either experience your problem solver. Right. And you're galvanizing resources or a team to come together and try to solve a problem. And as long as you're, at least for me, as long as I consistently focused on is what I'm doing, helping solve the problem. Are there enough others that Mm -hmm. have that problem that they're willing to invest either time, money, Mm -hmm. uh, people, resources, what have you to go in and solve that problem. Then I've got something to go do. I'll always be going to find those problems to go solve. That's amazing. And it's so beautiful in terms of what you were saying of really looking at individuals and finding, you know, looking at the talent beyond, you know, just, you know, you know, just like the whole don't don't judge a book by its cover, right? Really look on the inside and see what value they bring. And I think it's really powerful. And how you focused also on helping people build that self esteem and that confidence. Because time and time again, it doesn't matter what level, um, you know, an individual, you know, from, you know, just campus to the C-suite, right? We see women, BIPOC professionals, you know, and the research shows, you know, everybody deals with this idea around imposter syndrome or, you know, self-doubt, those types of things. How have you overcome any of those fears or limiting beliefs when you step into those moments where there's that uncertainty? I learned best through immersion in community. And I didn't know that earlier in in my career, um, but I would find myself, instead of trying to figure it out on my own, I would build communities of folks around me all trying to learn the same thing. Mm-hmm. We would all learn it together and compare notes. Yes. Um, so, you know, and <laughs> many of friends uh, of mine that we started out at um, a company called Cisco together in their mm-hmm. sales associate program will know me based on my huge sticky notes I would have all around my apartment (laughs) and invite everyone over and we'd all study together um, in that way, right? But I think um, in in that um, focus around immersion as well as community, the important things for me are, um, A, again, setting up my board of advisors, if you will, which Mm -hmm. include coaches, mentors, sponsors, but also a tribe or Mm. peer group, if you will. Um, That peer group is really important for me, independent of what what group that is. And if I'm changing environment or changing problem I'm going to go solve, I need to also change that peer group Mm, of of folks that I can compare notes with, 
Um, you know, right now I'm a brand new founder, right? And so mm -hmm. I'm really going and seeking out other female founders, other tech founders, other founders that are focused focused on the um, entrepreneur space, mm -hmm. other founders that are focused on improving soft skills or connecting mm -hmm. um, or human connection within uh, the enterprise space. Um, that part is really, really important. In terms of a coach, a mentor, and a sponsor portion of that board of advisors, mm -hmm. um, I learned from um, an incredible author and speaker um, and leader, the difference between the three, a coach, a mentor, and a sponsor. Yes. Because early in my career, I didn't know the difference between the three. Mm -hmm. um, and um, a coach the way she defined it was a coach is um, someone in your con domain context, someone mm -hmm. who understands the context of your domain mm -hmm. that can give you guidance more acutely to what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, they may also gain or lose political capital if you succeed or fail, right? right. Mm -hmm. um, for in the workforce, that could be you're on a team and mm -hmm. that coach for you is a shining star on your team. You're all on the same team. Right. Um, and the manager says, Hey, go and uh, coach Robert. Uh -huh. And um, you go coach Robert. And if Robert ends up being a star, that's going on your resume. You were right. one of the first mentors for Robert. Mm -hmm. um, if Robert tanks and doesn't do so well, everyone else is on the team going to be looking at you like, um, <laughs> what'd you teach Robert? Um, so important to, to note that. Um, mm -hmm. Or a sponsor, that is somebody that may or may not know context of what you mm -hmm. do, but they have a lot, enough political capital. Yes, be able to spend that on you when you're not in the room and that political capital that they use to spend is very expensive they usually have a lot on their plate they usually yes. have a lot of people reporting to them they don't have a lot of time and so typically walking into any conversations or connecting with them it's so important that you're concise you are thoughtful in how you engage mm -hmm. uh, with them and you do a bit of preparing so they know here are the top three things you need to know about mm -hmm. Monica at all times, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. A, B, and C. And if that changes, then you give them the update. Remember, you were only focused on A, B, and C. Now it's A, B, and D. And right. they know that about you and they can go and speak on your behalf. That takes a little bit of time to earn. Yes. Can't just hit someone up on yeah. LinkedIn and say, hey, <laughs> exactly. give me my sponsor. Right. Yeah. So that takes relationship building. That takes chemistry. That takes a while to get that person to trust that if they spend that and they put themselves on the line, you are going to do really well with that. Right. And make them yes. look good. A mentor is very different. Mm -hmm. A mentor may not have any context for what you do. Mm -hmm. They may not have a ton of political capital to wave around and put you in rooms that you wouldn't have been in. Mm -hmm. all they care about is seeing you successful. Yeah. They don't gain or lose or, or lose politically mm -hmm. if you succeed or fail, mm -hmm. which there's never any failure, failures. You know that there's never right. failures. Of right. things, but they, they could care less. They're just there for the long haul to help you succeed. Mm -hmm. Mine in particular is incredible gentleman at Bloomberg. And um, for God, almost 
seven years or so, he's been an incredible thought partner. Mm -hmm. He's been a great sounding board. He's, you know, he is who I would go to with the good, bad, and the ugly and bitching and complaining. Um, Your coach, not necessarily, your sponsor, not necessarily. It may not even necessarily be your peer group either. Your mentor, that's usually a longer term relationship that you can get real, you can show your scars with, you can be vulnerable with, um, and they're just there to help support you. So I would say to wrap that long story up, um, knowing what my board of advisors looks like, Mm -hmm. knowing that it likely changes over time, depending on the stage of my life or career, um, and being thoughtful in how I engage with each helps them really support me in the way I need to be supported. I love that. I love the way you described it because I'm sure our listeners and women who've gone through our program, we're always telling them how it's important to be conscientious that the mentors, coaches, sponsors that got you here may not be the same mentors, coaches, sponsors that are going to get you there to the next step. And so you're always seeking out the next, you know, expert or the person who has the results that you want next to learn from. And there's nothing selfish or icky about like being strategic about building those new relationships. Um, It's, you know, it's just being intentional about it and that, you know, you're being authentic with all of these relationships, but, you know, for, for what it's worth, I get women always saying, it just feels disingenuous that I'm seeking out a new relationship for this. And it's like, but why? Like you're, you're being authentic. You're, it's this idea of reciprocity. You're helping them out too, right? It's yeah. not just a one-way street. I mean, look, you you nailed it, Monica. Right? I think the, the thing I always mention too is you have to deposit five times yes. the amount that you withdraw from your network. Yes. Like you need to go about your network as if you are going to give as much value as much of your knowledge and much of the things you learn, you got to give as much as possible to your network and then let it do the rest of where you might need help. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, granted, you got to be real clear with yourself about what you need, where you need help, who you are, what your values are, your why, um, so that your network can jump in to help you um but you you can't walk around with these building these relationships as if i've got to get something so i must make these relationships yes no yes. no 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 you got it all wrong yes you've got to be really clear with who you are sense yourself and clarity on your why communicate that why share the problems you're trying to solve talk about it here's the things that i bring to the table but here's where i'm challenged and i could use your your help um put that out there and then allow your network to do, you know, do the things. I, I, I believe strongly in the law of attraction. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you'll probably see from my post, I share it all the time, really great content creators focus on the law of attraction. Mm-hmm. And when you're chasing relationships or when you're chasing um, opportunities, you when you're chasing that deal, you're putting out in the world that whatever that is, it's running from you. Hence, you have to chase it. Yes. No, that's not how this works. Yes. That's not how this works. You bring your value to the world. You share freely. You give as much as you possibly can. You be thoughtful and you 
you know, deposit way more than you would ever withdraw from your network. And the opportunities will fall in your lap. They'll come to you. Yes. Right. And you will attract them. Um, and at least for me, that, that's just how I have to live life because if not, it'll drive me nuts. <laughs> I think that's really important. Knowing yourself, knowing your why, knowing the ask so that others get excited to help you get there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I will caveat um, a few things. Um, I, there are a lot of privileges that I've also had mm-hmm. um, throughout my life. Right. Um and I think more just in general, we should just all be really cognizant and acknowledge yes. our privileges. Um, it's a privilege that I had immigrant parents who pushed me outside of the comfort zone of their own view of what is possible, right? Because mm-hmm. they had no view of what was possible, they viewed nothing as impossible. So just right. go for it. That's a privilege for me. It's a privilege that I have three passports. It's a privilege that um, I can... Um, that, you know, there's a lot in my background in who I am that traverses personality types Mm -hmm. and um, different communities and types of people. Um, It's a privilege that most of the rooms I've been in, I've been the youngest and the least paid. Mm -hmm. Now, listen to what I just said. I know, I just said. Most of the rooms I've been in, I've been the youngest and the least paid, but I had a seat at the table. It's a privilege that I've had that. And not everybody has that same scenario. Mm-hmm. And it's a big reason why um, it was important to me to create Growth Cue in that there are some talented, talented people out there that just have not met each other. Yes. They just don't know that their mm-hmm. personalities were meant to match to somebody else, mm-hmm. right? Or they just don't know that they've got this incredible journey that was meant to be a story that they tell this individual to help them get past or get through whatever it is they're working through. Yes. Um, and they, they just don't know that there's talent hidden in this group or this demographic um, that we, you wouldn't have ever discovered because you're only looking to, you know, the yeah. limited tribal <laughs> knowledge of the people, you know, to go and find incredible tech sales talent. Yes. Um, and it, it, that's that part. I think, um, the reason I caveat that privilege and um, purpose around that privilege is while I can talk about all these accomplishments and they're great, um, it's also incredibly important to recognize when you're gifted with such privileges mm-hmm. to leverage that to help others who may not have that access, that opportunity, that connection, that um, visibility, um, yes. that awareness, that knowledge, um, to be able to continue to share that. Um, freely with others to to help unlock and and you know help others be successful as well. I love that, and that's so powerful of you know letting the ladder down, um, you know, because there is that broken rung for individuals, and and once you you know really need to get there, and maybe you and I were the first for many things, but you know I think it's always being you know really intentional of looking back and making sure that we're not the first, that there's quickly a second, a fifth, a 10th, a hundredth, you know, coming after you because it's, it, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's no fun. I mean, there've been times where I've had to like, there's, there's leaders that are way more my senior, but, but I needed to give them a ladder to get them access to a group or community. They just didn't have any affinity to. And so I think 
it's really important yeah. to remember, it, you know, you bring whoever you are, you bring value. You got to figure out what that is, but you bring value no matter what, whether you're an individual contributor, you're a mid-level manager, you're a senior person, you're an entrepreneur, you're a solo entrepreneur, like you're a student, um, you didn't go to university, but you've got unique skills. Yes. You add value. Um, and somebody is just waiting to figure out how they connect to you. And I think that's so important that you said mentors don't have to be someone that is more senior than you or ahead of you. They can be lateral. They can be above you, below you. And some of the most rewarding mentoring relationships that I had was ironically where I was the mentor to someone more senior, right? Think of that impact, Monica. The amount of people that leader, let's say, is now going to be a better leader for because of your mentorship. Yes. That is a multiplier effect. Well, I could go on and on because you're such an amazing individual, um, but we do need to wrap up the podcast. So before we do, we have our lightning round questions that we love yes. to ask everybody that I honestly think are the most fun because we learn more about you with these questions. But I'm going to go through them really quickly and share yes. with us um, uh, these, these answers. So what yes, book has greatly influenced you? Oh my gosh. Um, if anybody follows me, they know I am like a ridiculous bookworm. I, my husband and I have our own secret book club. We read like a hundred books a year. Um, <laughs> I would say the thing that has been really hitting my gut over the last two quarters has been, um, you are a badass at making money by Jen Sincero. Yes. And it's not just about breaking um, money boundaries because that's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also uh, breaking limiting beliefs on your own potential. It's incredible. Mm. What is your favorite inspiring quote or saying? Um, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Oh my goodness. I love that. We're going to have to pull that one out of this, of this podcast. <laughs> what is one word or moniker you would use to describe yourself? creator. Love it. Yes. What is one change, habit, behavior, action that you implemented that really made your life better? Ah, morning affirmations. Mm, That's powerful. Morning affirmations and habit stacking that with something else in your um, day. I, for me, I'm not the person that just, okay, I'm not going to get up and I'll just do my morning (laughs) meditation for 20 minutes uninterrupted. No, it's not me. I need to have it stack it with something I'm going to already do. So mm-hmm. my thing is hop in the shower. I'm going to be in it for 15 minutes. Let me turn on my morning affirmations and let it play at the same time. Ah, okay. Love it. And love the habit stacking. It's so powerful yeah. once you learn to hack that day. Oh, um, yeah. And then finally, this is one of my favorites. So, and you probably have millions of these, I would think, but Esther <laughs> walking out onto the court, walking out on the stage, what is that power song you would play when you were walking out there? Oh my gosh. Ooh, this one's changed. Um, this one's changed and it's probably one I play in my ear and uh-huh. like go out on. Um, my uh, youngest sister is a musical artist and she just came out with her album, Black Current. And there's a song mm. on there called I'm Okay, which is like the unicorns anthem like hey you can be different and that's okay you can be your own individual that's that's unlike anybody else but you're okay oh my goodness we're gonna have to add that so we we create a playlist of all of our podcast guests and 
that's definitely going to be a, an amazing addition to it. So can't wait to, to hear it. I'm very curious. Well, Esther, thank you so much for your time. It has been absolutely amazing having you on. And I'm sure, absolutely sure, this happens all the time. Um, our audience is going to reach out wanting to know, how do I follow Esther? How, what are, you know, where can I find more of these Estherisms and these pearls of wisdom? <laughs> um, how do they follow you? How, how does someone get in contact? Absolutely. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn at Esther Iorinde Iyamu. You can find me on Instagram at I am Esther Iorinde. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Esther A. Iorinde. And um, you can also find our company information at growthq.co. That's growthq.co. Fantastic. Well, it's been a pleasure, Esther. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Barriers podcast. There are thousands of podcasts out there, and we are so grateful that you've chosen to listen to ours. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and tell a friend about it and subscribe to get new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Visit IamBeyondBarriers.com where you'll find show notes, links, and the best way to connect with our guests. See you next episode.